Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park recording look at this okay we're up we are live it's nice to meet you thank you for being here how's it going oh i'm doing great chris thank you so much how are you doing today doing lovely right now because i feel like this is gonna be a good conversation we both kind of have the health and fitness background going on but before we start going a little bit too crazy leslie why don't you give a brief background on who you are that way the audience knows what we're getting into yeah. Well, hi, I'm Lessa Logan. I am a Pilates instructor out of Las Vegas. And I also run um, several membership companies with my husband. Um, thank goodness he knows how to be a CEO so that I can just be the ideas machine. <laughs> um, we lead retreats around the world. And I'm a podcast host as well for the Be It Till You See It podcast. Nice. Well, all right. So starting off, first talking point I had was that you... I think if I read this right, you trained with the originator of Pilates, correct? Pretty close. I'm a second generation Pilates okay. instructor, which mean, doesn't mean my dad was or my mom was a Pilates instructor. <laughs> Sometimes when you say I'm second generation, like typically it means like it's in the family. Um, it was not in my family. No, my... Um, it's so crazy, y'all. If you're like, oh, Pilates, like I'm not into this conversation, you should be because it is one of the best things you could ever do for any sport you're into, any fitness you're into, but... I totally dissed it too. And I was like, I'm not going to do this Pilates thing, but I ended up going and falling in love with it, becoming a teacher and then living down the street from someone who trained with Joseph Pilates. So I would just go to the studio <laughs> and take with these people. And so I ended up taking with his training. And so I'm a second generation Pilates instructor because fate would not let me get out of doing this. <laughs> nice. So in the beginning, you were initially... I think I read you You made fun of it. Like you didn't want to do it. Like you thought, uh-oh. Then we're back. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. Yeah. So in the beginning, though, initially, you didn't want to do Pilates. Like you just thought you made fun of it. I think you ended up going with a friend to... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I was always an athlete. My, my father's an athlete. My grandfather was a professional baseball player. And so like I... I just was like, well, you go to the gym and you lift weights and then you run. And if you want to run faster, you just keep running. Like that's, <laughs> that's how they train people in the nineties, by the way, they have more science around it now. However, um, so I had gotten a personal training certificate cause I thought, well, I'll do that on the side and I'll, you know, whatever. But, um, before I started training people, this girl I worked with was like, you should come take this class with me. And I was like, that is an infomercial workout. It can't do what it says. It's a bunch of BS. 
But here's the thing you can, it's really crazy. I had just graduated college and all of my friends had moved away or gotten married. So here I was in this town I lived in for four years, but all my friends were gone. And so I was like starting over in the same town. And so I went to this class cause I wanted a friend and I thought, well, we'll go to class and then we'll have some avocado toast and I'll never have to do that again. And I loved it so much. I changed the entire schedule. I ran my own, I ran a store. I changed everyone's schedule so that I could go to plies every day. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So being an athlete all your life and going into Pilates, I mean, and, you know, and falling in love with it, did you think like, okay, you know, this is a, some kind of new training for me? Is that why you liked it so much? It was different. It was attacking, you know, I think different body parts. It was like a mind-body connection as well. And it was just something new and creative. And, you know, I don't know, because that's how I got my CrossFit, bro. And like, I had the same situation, like all my friends moved and I was stuck in my hometown just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I found CrossFit and it was something new and different and like it challenged me still. And I was able well, to, there's a community that yeah, goes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do CrossFit light. That's what I say. It's actually, my coach is a CrossFit coach, but I call it CrossFit light. She's like, this is not light. I'm like, it, let's just, let's just for my own sake. Like uh, so, um, so it was, you know, this is a great question. I love you asked this, Chris, because I can't say that back then I could articulate this, but I can now, which is, it was probably the first time I felt like I was in my own body. Mm. So I grew up in a small town in California and I couldn't wait to leave. I couldn't wait to leave. I thought I don't belong here. This is not right. And I made lots of friends. And I always say like, I had some great friends. If they're listening, it's not you, it was me. I didn't, I just didn't feel like I belonged. Right. Like I just felt like this is not my town. Anytime I, I just, it was not right. So I moved. And then obviously, as I mentioned, my friends moved away and I just felt like I don't belong again. Like I'm alone again. And in that class, I felt parts of my body I had not felt before. Like here I was an athlete, but I was feeling muscles that were much deeper than like you know, you're doing like these ab exercises and I'm feeling muscles that are not just the rectus, but I'm feeling deeper muscles. And I left not feeling exhausted. I left feeling like I could take on the day, <laughs> which typically after a, a training practice, you're like, dear goodness, where's a bagel? I got to lay down for a bit, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I couldn't believe the difference in how I felt. And so I had to keep going back. But really what it helped me understand is, you know, in a lot of workouts, and this is not to diss anything, because as I mentioned, I do some CrossFit, I do barbell training with my dad, I do Pilates, I do yoga, but as a runner in the weightlifting, it's pretty easy to think about anything else. You can think about lots of things. You could be pumping some weights and like, think about where you're going to get for dinner afterwards. Like you can do those things, right? When you do Pilates, you actually cannot think about anything, but what's moving in from where. And so you really actually have to drop into your body. So if you're chatting and doing Pilates at the same time, you're, you are doing movements and they could still be hard, but you're not having this connection of your mind to your body. And it's really easy to do choreography versus connected work. And so it really just helped me like feel like I belonged in my body, which totally changed the trajectory of my life and literally ended up making me move towns. Cause I was like, Oh, I know who I am and I don't belong here. <laughs> You're right. I'm going to move. So that's kind of like, really, it is a little bit deeper than just a workout for looks purposes. It was definitely like more life changing because it got me to connect to myself. Yeah. And so again, explain for those who may be green to Pilates, explain like in a brief, vague definition, because I have a vague definition of Pilates, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. People know exactly like 
what we're getting into, I guess, furthermore. Yeah, no, I think this is great because there's actually so many different versions of Pilates now since in 2001, um, they, people want a lawsuit. So anyone can say anything is Pilates, just like anything, anyone can say anything is yoga. Like no one can stop you. Right. So it's really important that we're all on the same page. Pilates is a strength-based workout that's designed to balance your imbalances. It really does help you do everything you already love better. So it is not Pilates or it's Pilates and, and so if you think of it like that, if you think of it, it's a great way to cross train for any sport, because if you are someone who loves to lift weights, if you are someone who loves to play football or basketball or whatever, if you only train for that sport, that's fine. However, there's going to be some imbalances because every modality has something where you lean into one side of the body more than another, or you work one part of the body more than another. And so when you do Pilates with it, you actually balance those imbalances. Meaning if you are someone who lifts heavy weights, if you do not back that up with some flexibility, and I don't just mean like hanging over your legs and stretching your hamstrings. I mean, absolutely like strong mobility with connection, you will injure yourself. You just will. You'll tear something someday. I'm sure in your CrossFit gym, you hear about people blowing out knees or doing some of their shoulder. It's going to happen if you do not have flexibility that backs up your strength and why so many professional athletes have a consistent Pilates practice. I don't mean just like one time a week. I mean, multiple times a week is because it actually helps balancing the imbalances they have from the doing the sport that they do, but also supports the strength with um, equal flexibility. So that's what Pilates can do. You can do it on the mat. You can do it on equipment. You can do it in a class. You do not have to only do privates and you do not have to, um, just like you can do it on your own, however you want. There's so many, with the pandemic, there's access to everything in any way you want. But, um, if you are someone who's it can currently has an existing injury, I'm going to say before you start doing anything on your own, I highly recommend that you actually get permission from your doctor and seek out a private trainer first before you get into anything group or on demand. Yeah. Well, that's one of the good things about Pilates and what I love about CrossFit too, that if you do have, you know, a, uh, an injury of some sort that, you know, you're still able to work out or you're just anything in general of that nature that you're still able to do. Pilates or CrossFit or whatever, but as long as you don't mind modifying it into a certain aspect, correct? And that way you're still mm-hmm. not sitting on the couch eating Doritos and watching Netflix. You can actually still get out there and not further your injury anymore, but still be able to say, okay, I am doing something. Yeah. I'm so. Oh, moving. you are so correct. I mean, I, so I fractured my tibial plateau in 20. 20- 2014, 2013, 2014 running. So here's what's so crazy. I had retired as a professional runner. So I, up until 2001, I was a runner. Um, and I did fairly well. And then I retired for college because the scholarship was not good enough to do. I was like, this is not, this is, I can get a job and make more money. So I'm just going to go do that. And then I decided to get back into running and I was doing Pilates at the time. So it was actually amazing. I had way less injuries. Like I had injuries and every time the season went in in high school, I had an injury by the end of the season that I was running through. And here I was doing a marathon and the next day, well, like walked up five flights of stairs, no problem. Like no hip stuff, no knee stuff. And so I, um, so I did that for a couple of years. I was a sponsored runner. Nice. Yes. It was very cool. I know. I was really proud of myself too. And, um, and then I had the 
fastest race of a season and the slowest race in the same season. And I, I really, what it was is I got really happy. I left somebody that I shouldn't have been dating. And I was like, wow, I really enjoy life. And I don't run very fast anymore. (laughs) 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 And so I decided to, I just was like, you know what? It's cool. I'm going to retire. I'm good. Right. So here I was having injury free for years. And I've been just started dating this guy. He was at my place. I had a late cancellation of a client. I was like, I'm going to run home, make a cup of coffee. He can drop me off at the studio on his way to work. And I broke my leg two blocks from my house. (laughs) And y'all, I'm going to paint this picture. I lived in LA at the time. I lived across the street from the federal building in UCLA territory. So we're talking the medical center. We're talking the school federal building. Like you couldn't, there's so many cars on the street when I fell no one stopped. No one asked to see if I was okay. I'm on the ground. And I was like, Pat really hurt. Um, that did not feel good. And I went to stand up and I couldn't stand up. And I was like, well, that's so weird. Cause like my friends who tore their ACL could go, they could walk, you sure. know, like yeah. it doesn't feel good. They limp, but like they can walk. I couldn't stand on my leg. So like from the ground, I'm texting a girlfriend. We worked at the same, the same studio. I'm like, who's your knee surgeon? I think I'm going to need that person. (laughs) So I I get that number. And then I realized I could squat walk for two blocks because no, my now husband, then boyfriend was not answering his phone because he was asleep. Why would he be answering his phone? I was supposed to be at work. So (laughs) I squat walk for two blocks and I get in the car. Uh, I haven't taken my car and I get to the hospital and I find out I've fractured my tibial plateau, which is your largest weight bearing joint. What that means is they don't cast you. You just can't put weight on it for eight weeks. So that means you're not using an entire leg for eight weeks, which the imbalances are crazy, but Pilates, and weight training plus was easier for me to modify because there's so many exercises. We don't have a weight on the leg weight training. I had to do a lot of sitting on some balls, <laughs> like sitting on a fitness ball over here. You know, I'm doing pushups with one leg up, but it's crazy. If you can find ways to work around an injury, you have one, you will actually not lose the strength that you have built up. Even if it's a, um, a shoulder or a, for me, a leg, because the way the brain works, it still sends en- energy to the leg or the limb that you're not using. So you still get 30% of the energy going to that spot. So when I was doing check-ins with my doctor, he was like, congratulations for not like losing your strength or gaining weight during this injury so that you could actually, when you can get back on two feet, you're not going to have a lot of setbacks. Nice. What were you thinking though, being a professional runner and then that injury happened? I mean, were you worried about life or just worried about yourself in general? Like, what am I going to do? You know, oh my gosh. Like, am am I over? Am I done? Am I just going to be the person who just, you know, put me out the pasture? I mean, what? Yes. I, all those things, all those things. Um, first, like you're kind of embarrassed, like how did I do that? (laughs) And then, you know, um, I will say this, please, if you injure yourself, be an advocate, do not leave a doctor's office till you have an answer or, you know, when you're going to have an answer. And that was key for me. I would not leave. I said, I will not leave until you tell me what's wrong. Cause I can't walk on this leg and I work with my body for a living. So I need you to find out they did find an MRI result same day. So when they tell you it takes three days, you can get it same day. I said, treat me like Kobe. And they did. And, <laughs> and I had the same break as him. So that was uh, very interesting, but to go to your question, Um, in the initial moment, I wasn't so nervous because I was like, I don't know what's wrong and I have to get the answer to figure out what to do next. But within a couple of days of having to ask for help all the time, like I couldn't 
get my dinner plate to a table. You know, I got crutches. So like, what am I supposed to do? So having to ask for so much help, um, having to rely on elevators and, and people to unlock elevators to go in them and all these things you don't really think about when you're not injured. It really took a toll on my mental health. And I remember having to sit down and just write down all the fears I had. And I had the fears that came out of my head were like, I'm afraid that, um, I'll lose everything I gained being in this industry that I'm in. I'm afraid that I'll never have the body that I had or the strength that I'd built or all these things. I thought, I thought for sure, like, this is it. Now I'm old. Now I'm old and I'm never going to have that again. And that maybe my knee will never be better and I'll have to do surgery after surgery after surgery. And, um, that is scary. But if you ever go through an injury, I promise you, if you write down those fears and get them out of your head, that was the best thing I ever did because then I could look back at them and I was like, okay, well, some of these are really ridiculous, (laughs) you know, but they were in my head. So they felt real, like really big. But once I read them, it really helped let me calm down so I could actually take action at supporting myself and keeping myself healthy so that I could have options at the other side. Well, it's almost a bad, I mean, I don't wish anything like that, somebody going through something like that, but you overcame it. It sounds like, and just changing your mindset and you knew how to just like, all right, you know, you may have been stressed out a little bit in the beginning, but then like you said, when you wrote them down, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. These, these are kind of ridiculous. I'm, I'm okay here. You know? Yeah. Well, also, you know, here's the thing. I, it's really important that you, we all understand that some, that everything's happening for us. And I know that like when you, when someone says that and you're going through something crazy and awful and, and terrible, um, you could be like, how, how is this happening for me? Right. However, that break was one of the best things that could ever happen for me because I wasn't good at asking for help. And my now husband was literally taking me in the car to my car. And I was just sitting there and he goes, just, you know, I really like to help people. Like I'm really good at helping. And I was like, oh, I'm terrible at asking for help. So if you could just do the helping part, that would just be really easy for me. (laughs) But like it allowed me to like actually need someone so that we could like develop a relationship. Um, Having to ask other people for help meant that I got better at delegating and not trying to do everything on my own. And then now I am known as someone who helps people connect to what I call your thas, which is where your thigh meets your ass. And it's these, it's a whole group of muscles that so many people don't use. Even people who are weightlifting the gym, oftentimes they're pushing from their knees. They're not using their hamstrings and their glutes. That's why things are happening in their back, right? So I could not connect to this area. It was so elusive to me before my injury, but because of my injury, I actually had to find this area because if I didn't, my knee would bother me. But if I worked from this muscle muscle group, my knee didn't bother me. And so I got so good at figuring out how to connect to this. I started teaching workshops and now this is what I do in the industry. I go around the world teaching people how to connect to this muscle group. (laughs) So like, if this hadn't happened, would I be as known as I am in the industry? I don't know. I actually don't know. Would my husband and I be together? Probably would have taken longer. I think so. You know, I think that, um, really allowing yourself to like, see how this could be putting a pause in like the way you were doing life and making you change that is one of the best things that you could actually use an injury or, uh, an unfortunate circumstance for. Did you pride yourself on your independence before? Oh, of like course. I'm yeah, <laughs> the same superpower. way. I, that's what I do. I mean, like, it's like, yeah, I don't like asking for help. And if I do, like, it's got to be like a very, very dire emergency situation for I come out and be like, hey, you know, need some help, bro. Why don't you come? But like almost mm-hmm. every other thing is like, 
I just want to do it myself. And I don't know if it's just, you know, this might be a little soapbox, but we don't have to go down this one, but you know, like trust issues and you know, maybe childhood mm-hmm. trauma or something, but it's just like, I, I got it myself. I, I know how to do it. You know, Are you a firstborn? Second. So, second. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, but I don't know. And I don't know if I was always like that. I don't know when it came into my life, maybe teenage years. I don't know, but I was like, I'll just do it myself. I don't need anybody's help. I'll go through. Yeah. And even till this day, I'm a young 36. And still, I feel like, like I told you, like it's a superpower almost, but I say, Hey, I'm good. I don't need help, but it could be one day that it does happen. Well, you know, a couple things. Cause I think as other people listening who resonate with that one, if you are interested in figuring that out, I would do the artist way. So do the book. It's 12 weeks, do the journaling. I bet you you'll figure out the time that someone failed to do the thing that they said they were going to do. And you're like, I should have just done it myself. Right. Like you'll figure out what that is. And then it's okay. Like I still do things myself, but I really do love delegating. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other thing is, is strength finders 2.0, because if one of your strengths is like mine, it's activator. So I just want to get started. And like, I love my team. They are amazing, but they want to have a process. They want to make sure everything is planned out in advance. We know who's doing what. And I'm like, let me just see if people like it. Let me just, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you know if they like it before you take all this time. So I think if one of your strengths might be just like getting things done quickly, mm-hmm. asking for help can be really tricky, but that's where we get into like a, like, um, the strength finders coach would call it the basement. We're just trying to like do it all ourselves because you can't go far alone. That's, yeah. I know what you mean. I've heard that quote before. Yeah. If you want to go far, go by yourself, but you want to go further, bring a team. Yeah. I think it's go fast, go by yourself. Yeah, go, go further. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's some proverb or some kind. <laughs> but yeah. Like uh, I've done those strengths finder things. I used to work in higher education and every year we would do a, uh, a retreat, I guess. And like, that was our thing, like our icebreaker thing, you know, go take the test and see what your five strengths are. And then let's go talk about them. And Oh, what are you, do you remember yours? Uh, I know a couple, I think I remember three of them, analytical, restorative, harmony. Mm. And the other two, I can't remember now. Oh. I bet you in your top 10 or so, there's an activator in there of some kind. Yeah. I have um, significance, positivity, woo. Um, nice. And yes. Like yes. Woo. Woo is so good. Uh, Woo is also like, if you're a high functioning introvert like myself, it's exhausting (laughs) because you're like, I want to meet those people, but I need to go be by myself. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have thought of you being an introvert. Um, well, I'm, well, I, I call myself, my husband will say I'm gregarious introvert. I call myself a high functioning. So I think in life, you know, if, if you want to have success in your business, if you want to be out there with people, you do need to be outgoing, sure. right? You do need, to, I do agree. but I just have to be alone for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. to an hour to just recharge. So I have my own office where I literally just shut the door. Like I'm like, <laughs> just gonna shut the door and sit in here by myself for a little bit. Um, at Christmas time, um, something was going on and everyone was doing something. I'm like, Oh, they won't even notice if I just go up the stairs and just shut the door and I'll be good. So it's just like, I have to recharge alone. Um, I think a lot of people think that like introverts are shy, but I actually think, so it's actually just how you get energy. And I think it'd be terrible to be a shy extrovert. Like you need to be around people for energy, but you actually are too shy to talk to them. (laughs) Did it, was it hard? I mean, now you, I know you said you like to delegate now, but being a high functioning introvert, I mean, what did you work with yourself to 
you know, it's not easy to delegate for most people, I would think, you know, nobody likes to be told what to do. Nobody wants somebody telling them what to do. So yeah. just something you had to work on, just something to classes on, you read books or you yeah. just said, Hey, I'm going to do this shit. I think like, I'm still it. learning. <laughs> Go on. I think I'm still learning, but you know what I will say? A couple of things. One, um, having my first uh, assistant be an a virtual assistant, even though she lived in the same town as me, um, delegation came through the form of a project management tool. Like I just assigned something to that person <laughs> versus like on the phone, we have meetings. I found myself going, can you do that? Is that appropriate for me to ask? She's like, it's very appropriate for me to do that for you. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so I did, I did. Thankfully she was a very experienced executive assistant. And I was a very inexperienced delegator, but that, that was helpful. Um, but I would say like, if you struggle with that kind of a thing, it's one, making sure the people that you're delegating to, that is their strength. That is their strength, not my strength. It's their strength. And so I trust them to do the thing that I'm asking them to do better than I would do it. And then two is, is it's okay. There, it's their job. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm paying them to do that. So it makes it a lot easier for me to go, of course I can do this. I'm actually paying them for this. So, um, but if you do struggle with it, you know, you're not alone and it gets easier. And also I had to ditch perfection big time. And like, if you are a perfectionist, delegation is hard because people are going to do it not the way you want, but sometimes they do it better. But even the, sometimes they don't do it the way you want. You have to give feedback. And I really just wish people could read my mind. They can't. So you have to give the feedback and then they try again and it gets better. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, over the course, I mean, it's because I'm a perfectionist, but I think that's part of why I like to do stuff by myself just because I know I won't be let down and I'm doing it exactly the way I want to do it. But I know there are some things rather like as far as like being creativity, for example, like, you know, I could see it in my head, but I know I don't have the skills to like, you know, draw it out or graphically design it on Photoshop or illustrator whatever it is but that's one thing i've been working on i guess that's why i asked you is that's like okay just you know it's cool this first draft i mean there's gonna be another draft so this is let's get it out there what i'm wanting and let's just work with each other rather than just you know get upset with them just because they didn't nail it on the first try and then because i've had that done to me before where it's like hey you help me out with something the perfection just got mad because i didn't nail it on the first try and it's yeah. like hey and that's one thing also and i guess even with this podcast like when you look at things through another person's shoes or eyes you're just like Oh, I didn't think about it like that. You know, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't see what they would might be thinking. And now it changes the game. Yeah. And I think like, you know, first I think you, if you want to learn a lot about yourself, you get into business on your own <laughs> and you will learn all the things that drive you crazy. <laughs> you will learn all the things that make you scared and all the things that like activate you or trigger you in some way. And, um, and it is, I've, I've, I found like I can get really good at going, okay, here's what I like that you did. Here's what I don't like that you did. Like being as specific as possible about what I liked and then what I don't like. And then ideally the person is self-sufficient enough to go, okay, let me try that again. And if they're not, that's a more of a sign that like I made the wrong hire because if I have to like literally go, and now you're going to go do it again. That's like, I need people who have like a self-starter kind of thing to them. However, we, we make anyone who works on our team do a strength finder's test so we can make sure that their strengths align with what tasks we're going to have them do. Cause we've made that mistake before we put somebody in a job that's like not their strength and they could sort of do it. But I was like, it was like pulling teeth, not their fault. We put them in the wrong position. Also, you know, sometimes people surprise you. And, and when things are not my strength, I really do lean into that person and say, here, this is not something I'm good at. Here's what I'm thinking. 
here's why I'm thinking it. Here's the goal I have for it. And if you can just let that person, like give them the confidence that they need to move forward, you might be surprised like what they come up with and it becomes better. But when you try to like, like hover over or or micromanage it, oh yeah. And that's, that's so hard, but you know what? Get yourself so busy. You don't have time to do that. That's another, (laughs) that'll, that'll help you. (laughs) So how long have you been doing your business? How, How many years? I can't remember if you already said Mm-mm, no, it was a great question. I started, uh, I started teaching Pilates in 2008. Okay. Um, and I had my own business and then I worked for a high end fitness company at the same time. Um, I got so. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Busy. I had to leave my um, salary job, which is fine because it was retail. And that if we heard the year 2008, I was going to have to leave it anyways. So I had to leave that in 2009 and, um, and I went just full on with Pilates. But in 2016 is when I went 100% on my own. Like I wasn't getting a a check from any other company, no health insurance from anyone else. So I've been on my own since 2016. And, um, and then my husband came on the team in end of 2019. So you had a lot on your plate there for a while, 2008, 2009, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was running, I was running a boutique and then I had like 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. I was teaching at a high-end fitness club. And then in the evenings and on my one day off, I was teaching my private business. So I was working a lot. And um, and then I was like, you know, doctors don't work this much and they make more. So we need to make a decision. Uh, so I had to figure out how do I make a leap from a salary job to working for myself? Um, because when you when I worked for the high-end fitness club, I didn't make as much money per session. Of course I was working for them, but they had health insurance that I could get, (laughs) that I could get hold of. So that's where I like led into there. But then by 2016, my own, um, business was doing so 
was doing so much, but it wasn't enough to live off of. And I didn't have the time. So if you're listening to this and you have like a job and a side hustle, at some point (laughs) you have to make the leap. And my side hustle was like sort of there, but it wasn't totally there. And to give up, you know, $80,000 in like making money from this gym and also health insurance. Like I had, I was like, how am I going to do that? on my own. Like, what does that look like? So I had to really sit down and and understand like how busy could I get before I burnt out so that I could have as much of a runway to leave that and then go on my own. Um, and it didn't take once I, about six months later, I quit that job and was on my own. And you know, it's so crazy. You need less money when you're happy. (laughs) Figuring that out. Cause you know, being in Know, college and stuff and coming out, you think you have to be making like, you know, the 80,000 six figures coming right out of college in order to be happy or whatever. But mm-hmm. I will tell and in my experience, I mean, there's probably a lot of people screaming at the mic or screaming at us right now. But in my experience, I've slowly found that as like, hey, you know, I'm good. You know, I mean, like, all right, so this I picked this up. I don't know when I picked this up, but I heard on a, one time from somebody that the only thing in life that you really need to worry about is that when you walk into a restaurant, you don't have to ever worry about what the bill is going to cost. Right. Mm. And like, and everything else in life is just bullshit. And once I heard that, that kind of made so much sense to me, just like, that is true. You know, I usually go out and eat with a lot of my friends and like, yeah, like usually we don't care what we're eating at the time just because, you know, it's just, we're out for a good time. We're here to break bread with one another, but you know, then I want to leave. I'm still got a house. I still got a car. I still got, you know, I don't know, two dogs back here. I don't know if you can see them, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, Hey, I'm pretty, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I don't, you know, you know, and I like nice things, but I don't need the quote unquote fancy things that say that, Oh, you're successful in this life. You know, like you need, don't need to be driving the, uh, the Lamborghini in which I don't, wouldn't mind if I was, but that, or the white, they're the fence around your house and the, whatever yeah. the, the huge house. and like, you know, the perfect, the perfect life, I guess the American dream. Well, and everything is so contextual, you know, like, I mean, people who are yelling at us, they have a different definition of success or they have a different, you know, like when I graduated from college, I had $80,000 in student loans and I was working in retail. And then I got to be a Pilates instructor. Like I wasn't, (laughs) you know, I wasn't exactly rolling in it. And I just wanted to make sure that I could, I could go out and do things that I like, I could, I could enjoy time with people or I could go on a trip wanted to travel. So I think I just was really clear on like, what are the things that I want to make sure I can afford? And then when I was, when I was going on my own, it was less about the dollar amount and just like, what are my bills? Like, can I pay my bills? And like you said, can I go to a restaurant? Cause like, even though I was married at the time that I was leaving, it wasn't like my husband's income. We lived in LA y'all in LA. We lived on the West side of LA, which I loved, but that is not a, you can't survive there at 60,000 a year. Like that is a more than six figures and you are barely middle-class like, <laughs> you know? So, so I think this is why everything is contextual. Like if you live in New York, you need a whole different amount of money than if you were living in Oklahoma and no offense, it's just the cost of living is different. Right. And so I, while I could have him as a, as a backup, it wasn't enough for us to like actually pay the bill. So I had to get really clear on like, what is the least amount that I can make? And then what's a little bit extra, just so I don't distress about it. And then can I be happy with that for how long? And it's really, if you can know those numbers, it becomes something you can actually control. And then you can actually work towards in a way that is achievable. And then, and then everything else, you start to figure out what you don't miss and what you do want more of. Cause sometimes you just get in a rut. Like I worked at a high end fitness gym. So of course I need $8 for a smoothie every day. And we're back. <laughs> 
Oh, it's so annoying. It's uh, okay. All right, so the last thing I heard, you uh, went in the high-end gym and oh, you had $8 smoothies every day because you, you thought you had to or something? Yeah, yeah. So when I was at the high-end gym, I would have an $8 smoothie every day. And like, of course, that was so nice and I wanted it. But then when I left there, did I need that smoothie anymore? No, I didn't actually. And if I wanted one, I could make one at home. And so I think we get really caught up in an old lifestyle and we're afraid to make these big steps and big changes. But, you know, like it's it's your life and you just have to decide what you want and what you want to fight for. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that, Sam. And, and going back a little bit, I think you said this earlier in a podcast about how Pilates has the uh, the mind-body connection and how you're thinking about your movement in order to achieve better, I guess, results or reps or whatever. Mm-hmm. You say it. So did you realize that? Like, Because it seems like you've transferred that over into your business kind of ethics or morals or values, whatever you want to say. And did you realize that? And just that, hey, you know, you were training your mind while doing Pilates, knowing that, hey, you know, I'm focusing on one thing. I know how to get better. And I know how to get to this step to the other step. And then like, oh, now I'm in the business world. Now I know where to, like, you see the way you see everything broadly now, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. So, um, you know, not in the beginning for sure, but I remember hearing someone say how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yep, I've heard that. And I was like, well, what? <laughs> because like how I do Pilates, is that how I like cook? Is that how I do these things? And I was, <laughs> you know, so I started to kind of like, think about how that was going. And I was like, Oh, it's so interesting. What I was doing was taking this perfectionism of myself and bringing it to my practice and trying to micromanage my practice, my Pilates practice. But when I actually decided to let my Pilates practice be the thing of how I did everything, which is it's a practice, that's the word. (laughs) It's a practice, not perfect. And I really focus on that mind body connection. What that did was change things. So one, it in the beginning, it made me realize I didn't want to live in Orange County anymore. I wanted to transfer and live in a bigger city. I wanted to have more opportunities for growth, things like that. So that was the first mind-body connection thing that I had that I was able to translate into my life because it really took me off the mat and made me go, oh, this is what's going on with my mind right now. Then as it, as it kept going, what it has allowed me to do is just take the perfection of everything. That doesn't mean I'm not like I'm fully recovered y'all. I think if you're a perfectionist, it's like always kind of there, but I can allow it to, to change. So now I have this mind body connection in everything and why it's why I can go to a new fitness class and figure it out because I'm not trying to be, I'm bringing this, like I'm really trying to connect my mind to my body as I'm going through the things. It's why I can tackle certain business things. It's also why in business, sometimes when I can feel that my mind is like super, like my mind, my mind is having some anxiety. My body's feeling a different way. I can go, Ooh, something's not going right here. And I can bring that all in because I'm so connected to myself. And I really do believe like, because I was able to connect to myself, I'm able to connect more to others, which is why I can run my business the way that I do. It's why I can teach people that I teach. And I think a lot of us are just not connected to ourselves. We are on a hamster wheel, groundhog day. We're just going through the motions. What do they say? Like 90% of your thoughts are the same every single day, you know? So people aren't even like having to think new thoughts. And so that, that connecting my mind to my body has really helped me move forward faster and in a way that is more aligned with how I want to feel each day. That's one thing that I've always said that people are just, especially in the modern world, we're just living off momentum and just going into, like you said, the hamster wheel. And this is one thing I think about a lot is that, you know, literally I go to work, I go train or coach, you know, come home and do the podcast and tomorrow, or, you know, the next day I kind of do the same thing all over again or whatever. But 
I'm always thinking about ways or about ways to get off the hamster wheel and do something different. And, and usually what I find is just like challenging myself. And luckily, you know, when I told you about CrossFit, that's one thing that I found that like, this is my two or three hours where I can train and, you know, get some thoughts out, talk to my social hour, like the community you said earlier. And mm-hmm. it keeps me, you know, not, kind of getting off the hamster wheel to a certain extent. And then, you know, I, I guess I do kind of get back on, but I'm also stuck in my routine, but I've always, I like routines and I like structure. I'm very, uh, I love them. I love a morning routine. I love a night routine. I love playing with my routines to see like what part of it needs to be longer or shorter. And I actually think that a good routine is not a hamster wheel because we only have, so we get decision fatigue, right? So decision fatigue is like your brain actually cannot decipher that how, what size coffee you want is not as big of a decision as like, who should I marry? Right. Like, <laughs> or should I, should I agree to this business thing? Good or should point. I like your brain is like every decision has to make has the same weight. And so you only have so many decisions, which is why, um, Steve jobs always wore all black all the time. He wore the same outfit all the time. He drank the green. Why the fewer decisions he had to make meant that he had more brain capacity to make bigger decisions, make better, bigger decisions. And so if your routines are intentionally chosen to support your day to support who you are, you actually made that choice. You're not just going through the motions. Then it's a routine is not a hamster wheel. A hamster wheel is like, I, I, I hit snooze because that's what I do. And I'm watching this show. Cause that's what everyone does. And like, I'm, I'm in this slow lane in the freeway. Cause this is the way everyone goes to work. Like that's the hamster wheel. But if you actually like have routines that support who you are as a whole different, whole different day, whole different kind of you know, thing. And so I, I think people forget that they have choice. That's a good point, Leslie. <laughs> you can choose, you can choose to have a routine that actually makes you feel good about yourself. Cause yeah, I, I hear a lot that, Oh, I don't have a choice or whatever, but, and, and it almost coincides with almost everything in daily life. You know, people say, I don't have a choice. I got to do this. And it's like, well, you should always have a choice. And like, when you said that people forget they have a choice, it's, mm-hmm. It's a good point in that I don't kind of, kind of stumbled me right there. Just that, <laughs> cause I never thought about it like that, that, cause I think people get, you know, I, who do get caught up on a hamster wheel and, you know, they're always like, you know, looking back on their life in 50 years, Oh, I should have did this. I should have done that, but I couldn't because I, you know, I needed the stable income or, you know, I needed to raise a family and I'm not saying there was anything wrong with doing that type of stuff, but they were just afraid to maybe take the chance. And just because they're afraid of the, you know, the choice of what would have happened either way, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's just like, let's Maybe. just go with that. Let's say you, let's say you have a family and you don't have a choice. You have to work at this job because it affords the house that you need for your family. And it, it, but that means you have an hour and a half commute daily and all these things that you don't have this choice. Okay. So you've got these kids and you made this choice because you think you don't have a choice to do anything sure. else. Fine. But how do you want them to think about you as a child? Do you want them to think they never did anything for themselves? They only, they only were exhausted, stressed out, tired. Whenever I wanted anything, they're like, it was no, no, no. Or would they rather he say, you know what? My parent got up 15 minutes early just to meditate every day. And that showed me that even if you're really busy, if you have a lot of responsibility on your plate, you can take time for yourself. Like it's not going to be a a conscious thing they're going to say, but I can tell you right now, I don't remember my parents ever being happy when I was a kid. And I don't remember them ever taking time for themselves. All they said was no, 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 no. Some point when I was a teenager, they started working out for themselves. They started taking, they would literally go get out of the house. We want to be alone. Right. 
did I go, Oh my God, my parents kicked me out. No, I was, I actually go, wow. They were happier parents. I had better quality time with them. They weren't so mean and frustrated and angry all the time. When I did see them, there's a distinct difference. And I think if you are a parent who thinks you don't have a choice, you have to do things because you have kids, you need to remember that you are a role model. They are actions are caught, not taught. And they are experiencing that. And all you're teaching them is that there is no choice. Once you're an adult, once you have kids, you have to do whatever it is to make sure that those people are happy and you don't get to do anything for yourself. Mm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I was, you know, I'm just thinking about my childhood right there. And I, and I had a pretty good childhood, but I remember there were certain cases, like even when you asked about, you know, we were talking about being independent there earlier, that certain things and that, yeah, there was certain things where I felt like I kind of missed out on certain opportunities, especially when mm -hmm. I was little, just because of, you know, my parents being who they were at the time and just, you know, my situation, especially coming from divorced parents in a very, very rural area, you know, like no stoplights, you know, nobody really around except all farmland. So all my friends were miles away and it was, and it was almost just like a hassle. This is kind of maybe a little off topic, but kind of a no. hassle to, uh, you know, I was like, Hey, can I go over to my buddy's house or whatever? And like, no, I, I can't, I can't drive you over there right now. So I was like, damn, all right, well, I guess I'll sit here and watch TV then and stuff. And mm -hmm. so I don't know if that's where I started to learn maybe at a young age, but now that you, when you asked, now that I'm thinking about it was that to go find my own way of doing things and maybe entertain myself and maybe like, okay, well, if you can't help me, I'll figure something out mm -hmm. and just go from there. And yeah. I kind of, maybe I forgot where I was going with my point, but that was kind of just like just thinking about like how your parents were, I guess. And yeah. Not, yeah I well, know, they didn't do a bad it, job, but I'm not saying that, but it's just, if your parents are listening, I'm sure they did a great job. Mine too. <laughs> but like, I think, um, I think, you know, first of all, we're all, we're all still working on our stuff. Like if you don't think you have stuff to work on, <laughs> we all have stuff to work on. If you already worked on it, great job. Congratulations. Like it has taken me a long time to face my stuff. Cause I used to think, well, that wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But what, what it was, was that it wasn't showing me that I could have agency. It made me real think that I had to make I could either have this, I could have a lifetime of happiness, uh, with money on my own, or I could have a family and I would always struggle. That's yeah. like what I got from that. And now as I'm older, I'm like, Oh, actually, that's not actually how that was my, my only choices out there. There were other things. And so now that I know that I actually have to realize I have to rethink all the choices I make. Cause what, I, what did I make them off of? But like pretenses that ne don't necessarily exist. But I think that we, we tend to, we tend to blame others or put ourselves in a situation thinking that we don't have any other options. And y'all, your health is like number one priority. And if you do not have your health, I promise you, you will have fewer choices because <laughs> you'll have way fewer choices. And so if you can truly make time for yourself, even if right now it's five minutes, if you make five minutes for movement right now for your health, you make a different choice around the foods that you're eating that fuel you and the routines that you, that you're putting together so you can be who you want to be. That five minutes of dedication will turn into 15 the next week. And it will turn into more. Why? Because you're more energized at work, which means you get your work done faster. You have more zest and pleasure when you're greeting people. So you're not, your mind is not, you'll be more present. You won't injure yourself as much. Why do we injure ourselves? Because we're often not thinking about what we're doing and we walk into something, we trip over something. And so I think like, if we can truly just be honest with ourselves about that, we made a choice thinking that that was the best choice at the time. And now, Oh, I have more information and I can make another one. You can change your life anytime you want. You don't have to wait for the new year. You don't have to wait for a specific day. You know, you don't have to wait to win the lottery. You can actually like figure out something and be more resourceful once you 
face that you have some other options out there or get creative and resourceful with what you have options with. Do you think more people are becoming more conscientious of their health just because of COVID now? I I certainly hope so. I really do. I feel like in my experience with me coaching and people getting out of the house again and working out that people more are starting to say like, Ooh, you know, I wasn't in as good health as I thought I was. And they're starting to ask more questions and listen to more podcasts about health related stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. No. And also like, I think, you know, depending on where you lived, however long your lockdown was truly made you realize like, Oh, that gym that I always said I was going to go to, if I don't go, it could be taken away from me, you know? And I really do think that, um, that people started to take to be more conscious about like, I better go now because it could be closed tomorrow or I could be sick next week or these things. And so I think it definitely made people at least for, at least for one year, be really good about that. Um, I also think like, you know, I traveled the world and when you go to Asia, if anyone is sick, they wear a mask. This is what they do. Like if you have allergies, you just wear it. Like you just, it's because it's a whole cultural thing. And I would fly and just look at them all going, gosh, it's a 12 hour flight to wear a mask. That's gonna be so awful. I always wear a mask when I fly because holy cow, I never got sick. And so when you also spend over two years not getting sick, you know what I mean? You're starting to get more aware of like, wow, I was sick more um, a lot, you know, and I don't want to feel like that anymore. So I do think, I do hope that a lot of people are more, more able to think about their movement and their health in a different way. I also think that people are becoming a little bit more aware of what they're eating because all of a sudden, like, you you know, like you're, you're stuck at home. And I don't know, I got, I, when I came back, I was in 2020, when everything went down, we were in Cambodia. So we flew in and LA was already shut down. So we went to the grocery store because we'd gone for three weeks and we had no groceries. And the only thing we buy was produce and meat from the butcher. And I was like, everything else on the shelf was taken. I was like, people are going to really start to realize that like rice and beans are not exactly like a survival (laughs) food (laughs) and they're not going to like how they look on the other side of this. But I, so I do think that some people became more aware. And then there's just other people who, you know, if you weren't raised working out, like, I don't know, you're said you're 36. So, and your rule. So you were probably raised going outside a lot. If you were not raised moving and working out, being athlete, being athlete, you might have a story. You tell yourself, this is, I'm not one of those people. I'm not an athletic person. I can't go to the gym. It must be nice for them. And I love to tell people like, it is brave and courageous to do what your body can do in a situation. So if you go to a Pilates class, you go to a CrossFit class, it is brave and courageous to take the modification, to, to, to repeat an exercise that your body can do versus try to do one your body can't. And I think the more we can really encourage people and make fitness fun for people who didn't grow up with it, I think more people are going to get healthier. And I, and, and so about that just takes time and then feeling welcomed in the community. And it can be intimidating to be around people who've worked out for their whole life. That's one thing I tell people who, I know we're getting kind of short on time here, but I, that's one thing I know, or that I tell people who ask me about CrossFit and stuff is, hey man, just leave your ego at the door. Just come in and just treat it like a workout. Don't worry about, you know, other people on the corner lifting 225 or doing pull-ups. Just come in and just do your thing. If you got to scale it, whatever. I mean, your day one is going to be different from somebody else's day one, but your day 365 is going to be completely different from your day one. So look at it like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and they won't make you do them. You don't have to do a Murph every day. You can just do the... <laughs> Right, you don't have to do it to this extent. I mean, and, and I know CrossFit gets a bad narrative just with certain things like that, but I mean, 
But I think every, so I think just every fitness modality has a bad rap. They all do, right? Like there are people who think that Pilates is only for women. It's only for skinny bodies. And if you're a bigger body or you're a dude, it's not for you. That's not true. It's not true. It's, it's actually, it was a built by a man for men, just so we're all clear. <laughs> and, and then, you know, yogis, oh, that's all stretchy. Except for my yoga teacher is an ex air force person who was a bodybuilder, who's a yoga teacher. So it's a very strength-based for it. So sure. I think that every first, like I would really look at your goals and I would look at what you have access to. And I would just go try it out. If you don't like the teacher, go to the same thing, but with a different teacher, find someone that resonates with you, that gets you, that has a story with you and just try, you know, I really hope people just understand that. Like, I hate that Yoda thing. Like there's no only do, there's no try. There is so much try. Like try is so important. And I know I just pissed off all the star Wars fans and I'm so sorry, but, uh, <laughs> but no, yeah. I'm telling you, like, if we can just remove that mantra from our head and like actually just try something, we'd be more open and we'd probably see more progress. I agree. I agree hundred percent. And Leslie, I know I said, we're getting short on time, but real quick, do you want to, I'm trying something out. Do you want to do a new segment with me? Basically it's called random questions with Chris. Yes, of okay. course. Let's they're, do it. They're not too weird. <laughs> they're not too whatever. But it's just kind of like some random ones I have up here and yeah, they don't have to be long answers or anything. So, all right. okay. okay, cool. All right. So the first one, who's the number one celebrity whose birthday party you'd want to attend? Oh, Julia Roberts. I think oh. it'd be a lot of laughing. Oh, she's one of your favorite actresses. I wouldn't expect that. I don't know. I think I was expecting <laughs> um, an athlete. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, I'm sure there's an athlete I'd want to party with, but um, no, I just love, I just love her laugh and I like her dresses. And also I grew up watching pretty woman every day, which shocked my mom. She was afraid I'd become a prostitute. And I said, no, <laughs> mom, listen, she's charged. She said, no, take less than a hundred. Like <laughs> she's got to charge her worth. <laughs> okay. Pretty woman every day. All right. Cool. All right. All right. <laughs> I, was not, I did not expect that either, but okay. Um, if you had to get a lip tattoo, what would it say? If I had to get a lip tattoo, a tattoo on my lip? I guess you know how people get it on the inside. Of oh, the yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, hello. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I guess that's pretty good. Hello. I like it. <laughs> It's actually really funny because you'd think I would have something better. I have so many tattoos. I would like, you'd think I'd have other, like an idea of what that'd be, but I've never considered a lip tattoo. So I think hello is the best thing I can come up with right now. Yeah, I think if I've heard this correctly, I don't know a lot about tattoos, but if you get it on your lip, doesn't it disappear in like a few years or something anyway? That's what I've heard. Cause that skin changes over quite a lot. I've also like, I, um, I, I'm known for, for my lips. So I'm afraid to ever touch them. Like people do that, like blushing tattooing where like the paint, the, they tattoo their lips, like a pink color. And I'm like, what if my lips got infected and I ruined them forever? Like I won't, I won't do like permanent, uh, like makeup, like an eyeliner or the lip thing. Like, I'm just like, I'm all, I'll tattoo other things, but not that. <laughs> Oh yeah. There's cosmetic tattoos. Okay. Mm -hmm. My grandmother had tattooed eyeliner. So <laughs> one person, um, they got it for their eyebrows, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. you can, you can. And if you're a dude listening to this, like you don't, if you have a scar in your eyebrow and you don't want that there, they can like literally tattoo a hair there. So you can, <laughs> it's for everybody. <laughs> All right. Last one. Um, uh, I feel like I want to know the answer. If, if, this might be too quick. What is your stance on washing your hands after going to the bathroom? 
Oh, always. Come on. <laughs> but that, have you ever read the book Educated? I don't think I've ever heard of it. No. Oh gosh. Everyone needs to read this book. It's very fascinating. It's like, especially if you grew up rural, like this girl was raised. No one even, no one actually knows what day she was born. Her parents just like were anti the government, didn't check in, let them know that they had a kid, this whole thing. Anyways, she wasn't raised washing her hands after the bathroom. And her grandmother was like, you need to wash your hands. And she's like, I'm not, I don't pee on myself. That's for people who pee on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in, when I was in high school, we had to like do a Petri dish, um, to like around the school to like, you know, put germs in, like you would like take a swab of, of something around the school and you put it in a Petri dish and you just like see what would grow. And I did the bathroom and I'm gonna tell you this, the toilet seat is clean, but the stall door, not so clean. The, the push door to get in and out of the bathroom. No. So I, you wash your hands. <laughs> All right. That's a good way to take this one home right there. Um, <laughs> Chris, this is so fun. Uh, all right. So uh, if people want to find you, Leslie, if anything you want to plug, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah. You mm-hmm. So onlinepilesclasses.com is where you can do plies with me. If you're a beginner person wanting to do it, there's a, we can get you an intro class. So just go there. You can find all the goodness. And if you like the sound of my voice and you want to hear more, maybe my podcast, be it till you see it. It's just kind of helping people, you know, ditch perfection, take messy action, have some fun in life. And, uh, if you want to go to Cambodia, that's, uh, where I do my retreats. So we'll do that in October. You're a badass person. Thanks for doing this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. See you, folks. We're done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.